0: Today I want to start with uh, from the portion uh, Matthew twenty three twenty three, and I'll speak in that line, but mainly from the emphasis of the mercy of God. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. In Matthew twenty three, this is a popular scripture. You've had it spoken in this ministry many many times, but sometimes some things have to be emphasized. The Bible says, "Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cummin And I've omitted the weightier matters of the law. Weights, weightier. I want you to underline that word, the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That means it's important that you have to do these things. Praise the Lord. There are laws that govern us in this world. For example, the law of gravity. If I wanted to jump up I have to be conscious of the law of gravity because eventually I'll come down. Praise the Lord. So the law of gravity is at work whether you want it or not. The law of gravity is at work. The only way you can manipulate the law of gravity is by other spiritual laws. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ walks on water. That means a certain law was manipulated. Praise the Lord. Based on who he is. Based on who he is. But listen, we have to be cognizant that there are laws that govern this physical realm. And so it is for the realm of the spirit. There are laws that govern. And Jesus says you have omitted what is weight. That means there are laws. There is the law of the spirit of life. Praise the Lord. There is a law at work. For the law of the spirit of life has made us free from the law of sin and death. That means in that realm, once you are cognizant of that, it is at work in that world. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Then he says judgments. That means there are judgments that precede our very existence. There are judgments concerning our life. He says, for I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. That means this is something God had already decided long time ago. He says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I sanctified thee, I set thee apart, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. That means this is true concerning your life, even before you are formed in your mother's womb. Praise the Lord. Our father, I like the story. He says that before his mother called him Grace, the Lord told him to that means God knew him and told the lady responsible for his coming into the that that call him grace. That means God knew us personally. That means he had a judgment concerning us personally. Now, it would be wrong for you to do anything without understanding God's judgments. It would be wrong to you to judge before you understand these things. So he says judgment, then he says mercy, and then faith. The Bible, in Psalms, I think, 89, Psalms 89 verse 14. It says, Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Other versions say, Righteousness and judgment are the habitation of your throne. That means, as much as God is a judge at the very throne of grace, his judgments are preceded by his nature. That means he is a righteous judge. That means their judgments. Are you getting me? That means he cannot judge. Outside the perimeters of his nature. So that's why the prophet is also consistent. He says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Next line, verse 6. Then said, O Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now, listen. That means it's important for us to understand these laws at work in our lives before we can really understand what god ordained us for in this physical life it's very very important so he says justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne that means at the throne of god he is a righteous judge that means every judgment concerning our lives carries his very nature and person now listen there's a full colon. now I want you to be very careful here. There is a full colon. That means he's introducing something. So we know the judgments when it comes to the throne of God. But now, when it comes to the earthly time dimension, he says, First, he says, Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. That means, that means, listen, I am righteous. And because I am the righteousness, I carry judgments that are righteous, but I am going to judge men that are in the physical realm. That means, you know, the nature of men is fallen. David said, he says, I was shaped in iniquity, shaped in iniquity, and I was conceived of my mother. That means David was cognizant that his very essence in the physical realm was of iniquity, and he was conceived of his mother. That's the nature of men. Now God, as much as he has judgments and a righteous, he knows the limitations. He knows the shortcomings of men. He understands what men don't understand. And therefore, he cannot deal with them from that level. So, he has a principle called mercy. Listen. Listen. If you don't understand this, a certain faith in you cannot really work. When those two blind men came to Jesus, they said, Son of David. They called him the Son of David. Have mercy upon us. Now, praise the Lord. They called the heart. You know, David is significant of the very heart of God. So they are coming before Jesus in the essence of him being a son of David. Praise the Lord. Who carries the very because David is known to carry the very heart of God. That means they could know that if they cried before a man that is symbolic of the very heart of God, he said they said, Have mercy upon us. And we know what happened. He healed them. They didn't too much, but they just knew they carried a revelation of a man that ought to carry mercy. And that man can heal their eyes. And listen, that's what happened. They came to him in that understanding. Now, when God in his perfection In his very essence, the Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation. That means righteousness is an exalted understanding. But when God is dealing with the world of men, he understands the limitation of men. That's very important because today, I want us to be able to reconcile faith from his eyes. Like I said earlier, There are laws that govern the physical world. So it is. There are laws that govern the realm of the spirit. And here he says, weightier matters of the law of judgment, of mercy and faith. You realize mercy precedes faith. That means, yes, you can pray and pray and pray. You can study the word. You can serve God, but I am a merciful God. You can do anything, but I am. Listen, when God looks at us, He has this merciful eye. Now, Jesus calls it a weight, and there's a predicament. I realized. Let me tell you something. All of us here, myself, there are things I cannot say that I pray too much. There are people who pray more than me. There, I cannot say that I studied the Word. There are guys probably who are deeper, many, but sometimes we've noticed that there is an imbalance. When you look at certain men, you don't really understand the equation. Every man, let me tell you, every man, and this is important for us to understand because it's important, because human nature is limited. Every man, every man, any man in the flesh carries limitation, and God is aware. But then he has higher weights, carries higher judgments. When you look at the scripture, some of these things are too high except by his mercy. I mean, who are we that would be here? That means God has a system that is important that for all of us to understand, even the Christ himself. One day I was sharing a place, you know, the story of Lazarus. As much as he committed the word of God, there are two times Martha and Mary come to him and say, Your friend Lazarus is dead. And then people are around him and they're scorning. And he says, Isn't this the guy? Who heals blind men? Isn't this the man that does all these things? And I was shocked at Jesus. The Bible says, and as men are talking, I can imagine what was happening. I mean, they have run to him. They know that he's a miracle worker. They know that this is Jesus of Nazareth. They know the prophecies that concern him. They know some of them have seen the glory. This is the Christ. Actually, many times alluded, Martha, that if you had been here, this man would not have died. That means if you had, your presence here could have mitigated this death. That means they were conscious that this was Jesus that can heal any infirmity. But now Lazarus is gone. And so, there's a predicament, and people, I can imagine people are talking. People are talking. Isn't this the guy? The scripture gives us a few narrations there. I can imagine that there were more. Isn't that that lady who prays from Fenero, The one who says they are deep. Are you getting me? Those words start coming. That's coming. Is that a guy who has known God all the days of his life? As in, I can imagine that's a reproach and it's manifesting the limitation of men. We have all these promises concerning our lives and they're true. We know what God said about us. But it's a time of test. Paul is at that island. And as it's hot, a viper gets onto his hand. And men said, yeah. (laughs) Are you getting me? Let's watch. It hits him. He shakes it off. And men watch him. That means, I can imagine, men watch him to see him dead. But can I tell you something? That's a setup. Let me tell you, sometimes it's important eh, that the God in you comes out. because God has systems. He has weights. He has weights. Many of you understand what I'm saying. Some of you have questions. Some of you have questions concerning, yes, I study the word. I pray. I did the 40 day. Um, you know, they have questions. But God said, we have omitted weights. There are weights that we have to be cognizant of. It's interesting that Jesus, the Bible says, he wept. And to me, one of the things God spoke to me, I looked at Jesus and he was challenged. Why? Because he was in the body. After weeping, we know what happens. The Bible says, and he groaned in himself. He groaned. That means there was a supernatural ability that revitalized him beyond the physical state of challenge. You know what Romans says? That even when we know not what... That means you can be in a situation and you don't know what or how to pray. The Bible says that we have the Spirit. The Bible says he helpeth us. He helpeth us. You know, he helpeth us. He says likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. The word is weaknesses. Where are those weaknesses? They are in the flesh. He says he helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Praise the Lord. Next line. Next line. And he searches the hearts so, and knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That means that something started groaning in the Christ eh? and started making intercession according to the will. John eleven thirty eight. 38. Jesus therefore again groaning in himself. Now listen to this beauty. This is a man crying. He starts groaning. Listen to the line there of the spirit. It says, Jesus again therefore, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. Listen, he, that was now the... Uh, I wish some of you get the expression of the spirit. This is a man crying. This is a man tested. As the second time by the testimony of two, I think he's established. That means he groaned the first time. The second time he groaned, the Bible says he cometh to the grave. That means there was a power, da that caused his feet, he was not a that means you may not want to go this side, but a certain glory and power get you find yourself going the right side, it's no longer you. That means, listen, when a man understands this principle, let me tell you, you will be overwhelmed. But something on the inside of you can cause you, the Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine, according to the power that worketh in us. That means there's a million dollar deal. And when you look at everything, (laughs) there is nothing around you that says a million dollars. But there's a power that can cause you to sign that deal. When you look at the Bible, it's full of impossible stories. Impossible. They don't make sense. That's why it's the Bible. They don't make sense. How does a Moabite, I wish you understand, how does a Moabite woman, a widow, Get married to the kinsman redeemer of Israel. Listen, the laws of the world don't have a provision for that. But the spirit, oh! Her revelation was, your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. And she followed. That means God has created certain weights. Even when you understand physical laws. For example, the laws of buoyancy. How does a plane fly? They have to work with the natural forces for that plane to be suspended. Yes, it has engines. It has propellers. But they have to work with the natural laws for it to fly. At a certain speed, there has to be a manipulation of many laws for that plane to be able to soar in the sky. So it is for the realm of the spirit. There are things and laws that are working for us that we have to yield to There are things that are working for us. That's why the Bible says, for all things are working together for good. That means that demotion is working. Eh? Are you hearing me? By the eyes of the spirit, there is something at work. For the Bible says, when there is a casting down, there is a lifting." Why? In the first service I said earlier, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When you look at the mind of God, he created the realm where we see all things first. Message version says God created first the heavens and the earth. And he says, heavens, all you see. That means in the heavenly realm where we live, we see everything. We see everything. And in the earthly realm where men dwell, there is a lot missing. Therefore, I can sit. The Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far above all power and principalities. The Bible says our conversation is in heaven. That that means our manner of life, our way of living, is in the heaven, is where we can see all things. Where we can see all things. We see. That means it doesn't matter what situation you're going through. God dispensed in a realm where you see all possibilities. Praise the Lord. So God knowing the limitations of men, he placed a weight called mercy. That means, God, yes, I know that I cannot do it by myself. There are things only you, only you can do. There are things that only you can do. Your, your word says this, but I know that this physical body is a limitation. Yes, I pray. Yes, I fast. Yes, I study the word of God. Yes, I observe all the principles. Yes, I serve. But God, it's your mercy. So, he says, thy throne says justice and judgment are the habitation of your throne, your judgments. The place you judge from, you judge from a place of righteousness. Then you judge because you are righteous God. But as you judge men, you have a law called mercy. That's why the Bible says his mercies are new every day. That means, yes, you find yourself in certain predicaments where certain things don't seem to make sense. But it says, My mercy, are you getting me? Is fresh. Are you getting me? Every day. That means what I didn't do yesterday, there's listen, there's an opportunity to do it today. No wonder the Bible says, now face. It says now face. It means, listen, what is important is what I am doing now. Oh! Hey! What I am doing now. What I am up to now. Let me tell you something interesting. The Bible says it is not in a man. It is not in the realm of man. Oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. That means the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. That means there is a spirit always that a man yields to that causes him to walk a certain way. There is something. Don't think that you can't be in between. You cannot be in between. That's why the Bible says the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Listen, the God of this world blinds. He just, he just puts a veil on their vision that they can't see certain things. He says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light, listen, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, this light is the very image of God, should shine unto them. That means when God opens your eyes, a certain light hits your spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That means light is responsible for our vision. That means God can cause a man to see a certain way. He can cause you to see your future. God can cause you to see the solution. That means you just need a certain light. A certain light. He says the less the light, listen, of the glorious gospel. That means this light comes by the glorious, eh, not any gospel, the glorious gospel of Christ. The glorious gospel of Christ causes you to see. Are are you hearing me? That's why, listen, when we are preaching, when our man of God is ever preaching, your eyes are seeing. He's causing you to see. is a sight vision. Whenever you're in service, that's why we emphasize, because there's a light. As the man of God is preaching through by this glorious gospel, something is happening. Vision, are you getting me? It's coming. That means, let me tell you something. I've understood this thing. It means, in every moment where I seem not to see, or where there seems to be a certain, there's only a certain light that has to get on. Let me tell you, that's hope. Is There is something that by the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shines. He says, I'll show you the hidden reaches of darkness. The hidden reaches. That means there are things that are hidden. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. Oh! But it's our pleasure as kings to search it out. That means the moment you carry that heart of inquiry, listen, there is always a solution. There's always a solution. And today, the Lord is speaking to us in regard to That principle called his mercy. There is a mercy apportion to every man. Every man. For anything. Why do I say this? When you understand the perfect heart. And these three things abide together. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of all these things is love. Why hope? For the Bible says, and hope maketh not ashamed. Because God has shed the love of God abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That means hope, a light at the end of the tunnel. Why do we have to have hope? Certain things are time bound. You know that. Certain things are time bound. As long as you're under this earth, there are certain manifestations that are time bound. Therefore, that hope is important. And the Bible says, and hope maketh not ashamed. Why? Because of love. Love does not fail. The love of God does not fail. That means a man says one day this thing shall come to pass. He has hope. Why? Certain things are time bound. Certain prophecies are time bound. They will come to pass in a particular time. So the hope is important because it perfects your heart to always have that vision of breakthrough. It's important for you to understand that. And that's why he goes on to say, This love has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit being in our hearts is a guarantee that that thing will come to pass. Ah! It will come to pass! But as much as hope is important, faith is now as important and it is also anchored by love. The Bible says, faith worketh by love. I think Psalms 26 verse 3. He says, for thy loving kindness is before my eyes. That means... David carried a vision of how much God loved him. And because he understood how much God loved him, the Bible says, introducing a full column, listen to the result, and I have walked in thy truth. That means David walked according to the precepts of God. Why? Because of understanding how much God loved him. That means when you understand how much God loves you, you'll walk in truth and truth is the word. So, Are you getting me? You will walk. Are you getting me? When you're conscious, God loves me so much. God loves me so much. He loves me. It doesn't matter where you are in chains, in a physical prison. God loves me so much, those chains will go. They prayed Peter out of his cell. Men interceded until Peter knocked at the door. Are you getting me? That means, listen, when a man understands how much God loves him, that miracle will happen. that testimony will come to pass. That marriage will work. Those children will grow up. That kid will walk. That difficult situation is is a must. So that perfect heart of hope and love, anchored, it's faith, hope, and love. But love is the anchor. The Bible says the love of God bears all things. That means when you know how much God has loved you, listen, there's not nothing that you cannot deal with. You can bear any situation. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. You can bear any situation. So the psalmist walked in truth because he was always conscious of the vision of God's love and kindness for him. That's why we emphasize here. The Bible is very clear. Husbands love you. Let me tell you, when a woman knows that you love her, there are many things that will work. She just needs to be sure. Anange, women, give me a... We are married, we know. Praise the Lord. I know women, when they are loved, you can see. Many things work. Unction, are you getting me? The unction of the spirit. (laughs) The unction, you see her doing things because she feels she's in an environment of love an environment of possibility, an environment of protection, an environment of confidence. Much more with our God! You you, you walk. (laughs) You walk before, you know that you're before a lover. The lover of my soul. Hey! You walk through darkness, you know your love. Praise the Lord. You know. You know. You know. By the way, let me tell you something. When you understand the love of God, listen, as you grow in the things of God, you learn to judge. You learn to judge. Let me tell you, when you understand how much, it doesn't matter which level of dream. Which level of, you know, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, when I understood and I don't care which level of dream. The Bible says no weapon. Hey, no weapon. No weapon. No weapon. There is No weapon. There is no weapon fashioned against you that can prosper. He says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee. Let me tell you, when you understand who is on your side, anything that goes against you can only fail. So start walking with the revelation of the lover. The lover of your soul. I've got to sign that multi million dollar contract because of the lover of my soul. Oh, the eye of the Lord is upon the righteous. He's watching me. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Oh, I fear nothing. I mean, Israel walked with God, and nations feared. They had and feared. Moses is coming with Israel and nations tremble. Now, what nations tremble is on the inside of you. It's on the inside of you. So, the revelation of God's love is the anchor of faith and hope. And that's what it means to carry a perfect heart. Do you know. That your life is prophetic. You know that you have a sure word of prophecy. Backed up by his love. You know it. Let me tell you something. Some of us would not be alive today if we didn't know certain things. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. Many of you understand that if it weren't for the love and mercy of God, you wouldn't be seated here. But God has brought you this far. Isaac lies in a place. And as he's in a place, a certain vision hits him. And then he sees angels descend up and down. Jacob. He wakes up and says, For sure, I didn't know that the Lord was here. He saw angels descending and ascending. And God was on the top. He laid an altar there eventually and called the place Bethel. He says, I didn't know that the Lord was here. Sometimes I ask myself, what if he knew? Now, certain things in our lives, we just have to carry the consciousness of those things. We just didn't know what God was really up to. And the next time he had a situation, Esau is coming. I have a feeling this experience remember the Bible says that he got his wives put them away, he got his children, sent them away and the Bible says and Jacob stayed alone (laughs) I have a feeling he was waiting for something I have a feeling I have a feeling this vision stayed in him like maybe when I'm alone maybe when I'm alone he's going to appear, something is going to appear and if this happens this time I'm ready because you can see the preparation, he sent them forward and the Bible says he was alone. Scared of sound. That means he knew that I couldn't fight sound. But God, you have a system. It's called your mercy. And the man has an encounter with God. The Bible gives us an impression of a picture of him wrestling with a man. And he wrestled with a man and said, I will not leave you lest you bless me. They wrestled, wrestled. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Where did he get this impression? Next line. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Next line. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, the supplanter, the trickster. He says, but Israel. What Israel means, God prevails. Are you getting me? The name Israel, God prevails. Prevails now. Your name is that means God changed His name and identity. He says, "But Israel, for as a prince thou hast power with God and with men, and hast prevailed." Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Next line. And Jacob asked him and said, "Tell me, I pray thee, thy name." And he said, "Wherefore it is that thou dost ask after my name?" And he blessed him there. Praise the Lord! And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. That means you cannot see God. That means it only takes seeing the face of God. Seeing the face of God is preservation. And the reality of it is what he has done in us. That means when a man experiences God, they will be preserved in each and every sea. And the place became Penel. He named it Penel, For my life has been preserved. And of course, we know the story. Next line. And as he passed over Penel, the sun rose upon him. That thing is so deep. The sun, as he passed Penel, the sun, that means there was a certain glory, are you getting me? Upon his life. But the Bible says, and he halted upon his thigh. That means there was a limp, but the glory, the sun. That means God is saying, I'm over your life. I'm in charge. But because I am, you'll always rely on me. That's a maturity in the spirit. That means there is a certain killing of the flesh. He, that means you cannot be fully complete except by him. Ah, You can't be fully complete except by him. I love the figure of speech here. That, that means the sun representative, representing God the son of righteousness. It was over him and he's walking. That means there's a certain shine upon his life. But in that shine, there's a link. Symbolic of his reliance on God. Let me tell you something. In this year of extraordinary resurrection, I know for a certain. Listen, because that's our year. There are things God is bringing to come to pass in our lives. There are things God is breaking. Because the Bible says, as our, our outward man perish, Our inward man is built day by day. It's renewed. There's a strength God is invoking on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. But outside, many things are living. There are many things living us. I feel it. Because to bear fruit, there's certain puddings. And sometimes I love it. Sometimes it's important to make sure that you give your heart. That's why for this principle, there's one simple principle that scriptures have always relied upon. The Bible says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. He says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. Now, listen. I love that it's not just broken, but it's contrite. When something is broken, it can be broken, but maybe, for example, if someone breaks their leg, they can move on their own, but have a limp. Jacob had a limp. But the psalmist takes it deeper and uses the word contrite. When you are contrite, that means you can't help yourself. (laughs) One time I was listening to my man of God and he said, whenever you're overwhelmed by anything in life, just lie on the floor. The lying on the floor is just a physical, because contrite means I can't, I can no longer help myself in anything. You just lie down. That means, God, if I'm to move the next inch, you're going to move. And that's the essence why we wait on the Lord. There's a certain brokenness when a man is waiting on God. He says, for the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. They are sacrifices of God. They broken. That means until you get to a place where you get on your knees and say, God, I can't do this. That means there's a certain win. There is a certain ability. Jesus Christ in the flesh could not raise himself. But he had to die. And on the third day by prophecy and by the very spirit of God, he was raised from the dead. Are you getting me? The Bible says, it says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father... Even so, also, we should walk in the newness of life. That means the newness of life has a certain image there. Listen. It says that, therefore, as we are buried with him by baptism into this. That means when a man is dead, he's dead. Full colon. That, like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. That means the Father raised Christ. Christ didn't raise himself. Are you getting me? He was in a tomb for three days. The glory of the Father raised him from the grave. Now it says, even so, <laughs> hey, we also, now, it doesn't say we are going to be raised. He said, we also, in the understanding of his death and resurrection, we shall walk, are you getting me, in the resurrection of life. Listen, he's not saying no. I Notice, that means our basis of walking in the resurrected life, in the newness of life, is based on his death and resurrection. Men doubted, shall he rise up? They were wondering. Even his disciples, in their minds, they couldn't fathom it. But its scripture and prophecy was very clear that on the third day shall we raised. Now the Bible says, as he was raised from the dead, we walk. (laughs) We walk in this new life. That means in in this new life as you walk, based on that, what God did, those experiences of his death and resurrection happen in your life. You wake up as you're walking, you wake up, and your husband of 20 years is back. You wake up, are you getting me? That child one day who has had the sickle cells, are you getting me? You walk, 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 walk. You wake up, and they take him, and he has no sickle cells. I believe, listen, listen, listen. You wake up, and you walk as you're walking in this life, based on that revelation. You walk and realize, listen. That thing I've always been failing becomes the easiest thing. Are you getting me? Because of the newness of life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, to understand this very well, when it comes to God's judgments, we know the story of the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. I said the way of a man is not in himself. That means they brought this woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And they said, To Jesus, Master, these are Pharisees, men under the law. According to the law of Moses, she's supposed to be stoned. That means there's a judgment according to the law of Moses. I like King James' rendering. It says, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. That means something took her. Do you realize the scripture, something took her. Something took her. So if you're good, what do you judge? You judge the woman or the thing that takes? (laughs) What what, what do you judge? The thing that takes? You would not be a a good judge if you're judging the action. But not judging the one that took. Now listen. Now Moses in the law commandment said that that such should be stoned. But thou sayest thou. Now listen, according to the law of Moses, a man is supposed to be stoned. But according to the mercy of God. He wrote on the ground counseling. Are you getting me? The testimony that was against us. Are you getting me? According to the law. Because in the mercy seat. Everything that is against us. Are you getting me? The mercy seat is a place where everything that is. That's why it's called a seat. You sit. I like the rendering of mercy. You sit because he's at work. Are you getting me? Then in that place of mercy. She's before him. And he looks up and said, if any man has not omitted sin, let him cast the first stone. And I love this thing. From the eldest, the deepest lawyer, are you getting me? To the youngest, one by one, left. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They left. They left. And then he stands up the second time and looks at her and said, where are you? I love Jesus. He didn't say, where are, are we, the guys who have been accusing you? He said, where are your accusers? That means, he's saying, in Luganda it sounds good, and he says, but where are these guys who have been accusing you? And he said, they left. Then there was a the judgment. He said, go and sin no more. That's how God judges. That's mercy. That's the law. That means, she came. By the law of Moses, she's guilty. But by the mercy of God, he cancels that. And listen, he cancels that. Any judgments that are towards us, he cancels, And judges the matter and says, go and see no more. Now, that is the essence of the word of God. Because it comes before us in mercy and truth. That means the word of God does not work in our lives because we were the best the word of God works according to his person to his righteousness to his principle to his love he is cognizant that men in the world, the human nature is fallen, that's why we preach the message of grace, we preach the message of grace because we point men to what God has done, not what they have done and in that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all they ask or imagine. So in Hebrews 4:14, 4, he gives a description of what the word of God is. Let's go back to 14. The preceding scripture, he says this word, everything is naked before it. That means everything is defenseless. But then when he goes to verse 14, the word he doesn't call it the word, he calls it for seeing. Then we have a high priest. The word flips into a high priest. Are you getting me? He, he's been the word, the word, the word, seeing that. Are you getting me? Then in verse 14, he says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. The word switches. Are you getting me? God is gravitating. He's, that means it carries a priestly ministry. He says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Seeing. Now, the revelation is, do you see it? You see, many people don't see. The power is in seeing. The power is in vision. That we have a great high priest who is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God. Praise the Lord. He says, let us hold fast our profession. That means it's not that cancer. Are you getting me? It's not that death. Do you see that you have a great high priest who is passed into the heavens? That means the focus is not on the issue. The focus is on the priest. Yes, you're in that calamity. Do you see that we have a great high priest? Yes, you are in that situation. Do you see that we have a great high priest? Now, the Bible says he's passed into the heavens. He is not against us. He is a priest for us. He's the one that maketh intercession. Are you getting me? He's the one that, oh, he's saying that that guy will fail. the can't fail. He doesn't say, you know, some people have this thing that the priest is saying, no, no, the priest, he makes intercession for the saints. He ever leaveth. That means his business he ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. That means there is a law at work in your life. It's important to know it. that he is passed into the heavens. That situation has to leave. That marriage will work, seeing that we have a great high priest who is passed into the heavens. Do you see? The question is, do you see him? Do you understand the priesthood that we are under? For the Bible says we have been made kings and priests unto the Most High God. As he is, so are we in this world. He's passed into the heavens. That means we are passed. Ah, we are passed. Translated into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Next line. In the Amplified Version. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our witnesses. That means this high priest, eh, he understands. He carries compassion. The Bible says Jesus saw them and he had compassion on them all. Some version says, and then he healed them all. That means his compassion. He looked at them as men that had no shepherd. And out of that compassion, he healed, he taught. Now he says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to understand. That means he understands and sympathizes and have a shared feeling with our weakness and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. But one who has been tempted in every aspect as we are, yet without sinning, King James says, yet without sin. Now, when you study the the rendering there, it's not emphasizing on the action. Actually, when you go to the Greek, it's actually emphasizing on the nature. That means you could be going through a situation in the flesh, but you are without sin. Why? Because you are the righteousness of God. Because the focus is not what you're going through in the physical flesh. The focus is who you are. The Bible says he's able to understand. He sympathizes. But he has left a print in our hearts. He says, that man cannot sin. For that which is born of God does not commit. So the question is for us to believe it. Praise the Lord. It's for us to believe it. It's for us to believe it. Do you believe that that which is committed to you does not commit sin? Do you believe that that which is born of God keepeth himself? That means God has His remedy, a system that keeps you. Do you believe it? Or you think like men in the world? Listen, listen, listen. We are kept by the power of God. We are preserved by God. We are his elect. Are you getting me? It's important for us to understand it. So, you realize that the scriptures actually want us to become conscious of what he has done. That he sympathizes. He understands. But he went through all his temptations yet without sin. Why? Because he carried the very nature of God. And so has he given us his very nature. Next line. Therefore, he says in verse 16, he says, as because of what he has done, he says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. Actually, the word is come. You don't draw near, you come there. Why? Because of what he has done. That means it's not the action or the calamity. It's understanding what he has done in you. That you have boldness. Let us therefore come boldly, the Bible says, to the throne of grace. Because that's the place of judgment. Now, when you come, the Bible says, that we might obtain mercy. Are you getting me? That means there's a system called mercy. That you obtain mercy. Next line, and find grace for that miracle. And find grace for that promotion. And find grace for that business. And find grace for that elevation. Why? He says, by my mercy. Listen, you will find grace. That means, at that throne of grace, you will always find. Now, I want to repeat that. At the throne of grace, you will always find grace. This is a sure word of prophecy. It's a sure word. Let me tell you something. These are the things that have preserved us. These are the things that have kept us. Let me tell you, for me, I know one thing. I know that I didn't save myself. I know that there was a God who was rich in mercy. Let me tell you, that's important. In my foundations, I got that very clear. Early enough in my salvation. I knew that, yes, I may have issues, weakness, but I knew that this and I didn't. In fact, I used to pray it. With my, I said, God, I didn't save myself. He says, this thing, you will take it out." A simple face. He says, he says, but God who is rich in mercy, he's not bankrupt. Some of you deal with God like he has limited mercy. No, he says he's rich in mercy. He says, why? For his great love. Wherewith he has loved us. <laughs> Listen, he deals with us according to his terms. Wherewith he has, somebody say he has loved me. This God rich in mercy. Wherewith he has loved me. Let me tell you something. You will walk out of anything. I can get... listen, listen, all you do, you just lift up your hands and walk. Ah, are you getting me? You lift up your hands and walk. That's why Paul says, I will that all men lift up holy hands. The consciousness that he is at work. This God who is rich in mercy, he's rich. Ah, That one who is rich says, Come. That one who is rich, he said, Come. That means today God wants to open your eyes today, some of you. There are people out there, and you you say, but God, I pray. Yes, I understand you pray. Yes, you study. But it's important to carry the revelation of this weight. That there's a God who wants to lift you beyond your human circumstances. It's already done. He wants to walk with you beyond... That's why there are certain men you meet and God lifts you. Because they carry grace. When we're dealing with fathers, fathers are merciful to us. They don't deal with us because of what we can do and what gifts we carry. But because of their mercy, they lift you. Let me tell you, God can lift you and say, come up here. It's a mercy system. And today God is calling us up here to open our arms and allow him. You know, many of you, I told you the human, this and the human... Nature is limited. It's a given. And it was important. The human nature carries weaknesses. It carries weaknesses. But God today is calling us to a higher level. He says, I have a system called mercy. Because when you obtain mercy, you'll see me different like never before. That means a certain vision of me will be imprinted on your soul. I will lift you out of this thing. The psalmist said, listen, when I'm overwhelmed, take me to a rock higher. Higher. There is a higher place. <laughs> there is a higher level. That means in every circumstance, there is a higher level. That means, listen, God is not limited. Let me tell you, as much as God has done amazing things in our ministry, for Nero, we know that there is a higher level. God is taking us, as a ministry individual, to a higher level. The year of extraordinary resurrection. And he created a system called mercy. To say, yes, they are mine and none shall pluck them out of my hand. <laughs> hey! Romans, means we are kept. 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 Today I want to reassure someone, you can be here and you have done everything. You thought you had done, you have done everything that you can do by the book. But you know God wants to make you open to this weight called mercy. Because you are going to see him in a dimension like never before. There are steps in God, but listen, mercy can take you to another level. It works as a system. That's why he said mercy and faith. That means when you experience the mercy of God, eh? your faith. Because mercy is embedded in his love. It's embedded, it's based on his love. That's why it had to precede faith. Let me tell you, don't worry what you're going through, whatever, whoever you are. If you're here and you're going through something crazy, let me tell you, God has a system to mitigate all those limitations all those limitations. We want to thank God that God has given us men. He has given us a man. That you come weary in a service and you find yourself lifted because of his mercy. You never studied. You never prayed. But a man comes and ministers a certain truth and you move to another dimension of the spirit. We are going to pray today based on that understanding. And just pray. We know that the Bible says he is the lifter. the lifter of men. The Bible says, and Uzziah was mightily helped of God. That means God can help a man. He can mightily help. And Uzziah mightily helped. That means you can be helped mightily in your life. You can be lifted mightily in your life. He knew the limitations. He's put a system. He said, listen, by my mercy, they shall go to greater heights. By my mercy they shall move it's a principle based on his love their faith will have to work that means as god lifts you to higher places you will have new vision god grants us new vision i speak and prophesy that this day god grants you a higher level of vision in him limbra kadosa Le rekado si lembra da zuta kada zetekada. Rekha bro shatila brando si prekere bousha. Ji lebrando sapro koda zetel lembra kadusa. Ji len de kabro da sete yandu sapaka. Rekade basum prekadi lebracoda. Ji le re The stead first of the Lord Never ceases his mercies never will come to an end there are you every morning you every morning great is thy faith Somebody continue just speaking in tongues for just a minute. Somebody speak in tongues for just a minute. I feel God is helping us today, like never before. Uh, some of you be have to be helped to new levels in God. Some of you have to be helped to out of any predicament. Some of you have to see God like never before. <laughs> Whatever temptation you're going through, God provides an escape. Hey, no wonder he calls it escape. Having escaped the corruption that is in this world. Oh, God helps somebody today by his mercy. By his mercy. father we thank you that we are confident of your faithfulness even when we have not been faithful we are confident the bible says great is thy faithfulness seeing then that we have a great high priest who is passed into the heavens Ah, let us hold fast our profession. Because he's passed, we hold unto your promise. Because he's passed into the heavens, oh, we hold unto your word. Oh, we have boldness concerning the things that you've called us to be. We have confidence concerning the things you have chosen us to be. We have confidence concerning our posterity in you, O God. We have confidence that we are the light of the world. We have confidence. See that you have passed. The Bible calls you the great high priest, the great one, the great one. Somebody give the Lord a big, a big, a big, a big hand clap of praise. We see it. We see it. We see it. Ah, somebody celebrates. We see it. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of you have left certain things. Praise the Lord. Some of you, let me tell you, that word is a sure word of prophecy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're excited. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, the high priest, praise the Lord that Jesus, the God of mercy, please kindly say these words. Say, Father, I thank you that you sent your only son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sin, and you raised him unto glory. Therefore, this day I am born again. I am a child of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a big hand clap of praise.